Welcome to the Lit Up and Liberated Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Yvette, a corporate dropout with 30 years experience in marketing and leadership. These days, I leverage my skills to do what I love, and that's to support you to grow your dream business with magnetic marketing and mindset strategies. I'm all about showing you how to build a business that loves you back, which I call Lit Up and Liberated. So tell me, are you ready to market your way to 100K? Let's go. Hello, hello. Second episode this week. I told you I was spoiling you. And today I am sharing with you a conversation I had with an exceptional business coach and money mentor, Claire Wood. I've been following Claire for a long time. I find her super inspiring. She has an awesome podcast herself, which I encourage you to check out. And I love that her area of focus is money. And That is such an important topic for us to explore when it comes to marketing as well, because we are looking for ROI and that means knowing your numbers. We also talk about Claire's current new marketing strategy, which is writing a book. How's that for a marketing strategy we haven't spoken about before? I'm really excited to share Claire with you. And now I'm going to jump into the conversation. Well, hello, Claire. I'm so excited to introduce Claire Wood. I am, rather than giving you the spiel on exactly who she is, I'm going to ask her to share with us her elevator pitch. Over to you, Claire. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much for asking me to come on. And um, before we get into it, I probably should apologize for my voice. I've actually been sick, but I feel fine. So full steam ahead. So my name's Claire Wood and I'm a business coach and a money mentor. My background, I was actually an accountant. Well, I am an accountant, I guess. I'm a CPA and I, in my years of coaching, I really love helping people to love their numbers, to embrace their money. And as my business journeys evolved, I really support people in this space of money mindset as well. And really empowering my clients to believe that anything is possible because that's where the real shifts happen is when you believe something is possible and then you go and chase it. And of course I do it through the loving lens of numbers and um, always bringing people back to keeping an eye on their numbers and making sure that they love their money as much as I do. Love, love it. And I, yeah, I absolutely love money too. Although I have to say working with my clients as well, that it is, it's a meaty topic. It's a, a very emotionally charged topic is probably a better way to put it because it's so wrapped up in our belief systems and how we've evolved as humans from tiny, tiny ages, like under seven. So I love, I love that that's your focus and I know how valuable it is in terms of accelerating your business growth. Awesome. Uh, Next, I would love to hear from you because I know you've been in business for a few years and I feel this energy from you that you have a huge vision. And so I really would love to just understand a little bit more about where's this all going? Where do you see your business in five years time? Yeah, what a fantastic question. So on my vision board, I have this incredible picture of Marie Folio. She's standing in an event with her book. And I was probably at that event, actually. She'd published her book and she was standing on stage. And I have a vision that one day I'll be serving, you know, able to help 
you know, thousands of people around the world to embrace their money in a way that they firstly don't feel scared to talk about it, but also in a way that they're actually really confident to look at their, at their financials, at their money within their business. And the, the way that I'm planning to do that, I am at the moment, I'm writing a book, hoping to release it in 2021. And for me, the way that I want to serve more people is to be able to create products like a book that are at a lower cost level where they can reach more people and of course, continue to have my, um, my, my private coaching. It's so funny. People often say to me, they're like, I bet you can't wait to stop one-on-one. I'm like, that's one of my favorite parts of my job. I can't ever see a model where I'm not doing coaching. And yes, at some stage, it will probably be less than what it is at the moment as I start to scale my programs and whatnot. But, uh, you know, for me, I always see that being part of my offering and um, yeah, continuing to get my, my membership and my mastermind and my course in front of more people because the more people that um, I believe that I can share this message with, the more people that I can help to make more money in their business and they in turn can go and impact more people. Yeah, I love that. And I picked up on something in there and that is that you sound like one of your key strategies is getting a book out into the world to really elevate you into higher reach. Yeah, look, uh, this is something though, I, you know, and I actually did a post on social media yesterday about this, about being, not putting something on a pedestal. You've probably heard our coach, Yvette and I have the same coach, which is Ruby Lee. And um, one of the things that she talks about is putting things on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. And I'm also very conscious never to, uh, I guess, put you know, something and think that something's going to be the one thing that's going to shift everything. You know, I've got a client of mine at the moment and she's launching a podcast and she's like, once the podcast comes out and I'm like, plenty of people launch podcasts and it isn't the big turning point in business for them. Plenty of people set up Facebook ads and don't become millionaires overnight. So yes, you know, I, I would love to have this book and be able to share it with more people, but I'm also really conscious. I don't believe that this is going to be the, the big thing that's going to change everything, you know, any of these tools, like a podcast, a book, you still have to market them. Mm-hmm. They're not marketing tools in themselves. Yeah. You still have to get eyeballs on the products that you're creating. And that's the biggest challenge. So yes, I'm super excited to create this book, to share it with the world. But at the same time, I'm also not like, <laughs> I'm not idolizing the fact that this book is going to be something that's going to have me speaking on a global stage overnight. Although I know that it will happen in time. Mm. I love your confidence in the will, it will happen. Tell me, how have you worked to build that kind of rock solid inner knowing? Well, it's a lot of, it's a lot of mindset work, truthfully. And, um, you know, I come from an accounting background, like I shared at the start. And I remember the very first time that I heard about money mindset and I heard about, well, you know, if you just believe it's possible, it's possible. And I thought, what a load of bullshit. Sorry, I hope I'm allowed to swear on here. Um, (laughs) And um, I just thought that's just ridiculous. Like you can't just believe something's going to happen and then it will. And as I started to do a lot of this work, uh, you know, working with money mindset mentors and whatnot, I started to actually identify the ways that I was already starting to create the things that I wanted in my life without even knowing it. Mm. And I've got so many amazing examples of how I decided something was going to happen and then it just did. And it never even occurred to me that that was a mindset thing. 
yeah. I just thought, well, yeah, good stuff always happens to me. Like that's just what happens. And um, through doing a lot of a lot of the inner work, I've and you know supporting a lot of my clients through the growth that they've achieved, it all starts in the mind. Mm. If you have an underlying belief if you know in your in your core at your soul that something is going to happen it is coming for you and maybe it won't happen on the timeline that we want <laughs> and we can dive into that a bit later you know yeah. sometimes there's a bit of a delay to the the timing in which things get delivered but it, it happens mm. and the, I think one of the biggest struggles of entrepreneurship once you get through that 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 is the foundation. The mindset is the foundation of your business. And once you have that rock solid, it's, it's then really obviously like the execution and then the patience, that is the other big key. So something I'm still learning the hard way, but I, you know, I definitely know that it's coming for me and I know it's coming for anyone. If you're listening and you're like, well, that's all well and good for her there's nothing special about me. The the only thing is, is that I have that belief in myself and I've done the work. It didn't, I didn't always have that to be clear as well. I did a lot of work to get to this place. So yeah. Yeah. I love to tell this story as an example of, of mindset and look, I, and look, I, I'm exceptionally gifted at helping my clients with their mindset. And yet I still have my moments myself and But a positive story that I like to reference that is really proof of this is because I came from a corporate background and a high salary, when I started coaching, I didn't even think about charging like what a starter coach would charge. It did not cross my mind. And it's not like I went in a super high ticket, but I also didn't start at, you know, free sessions or $80 or $100. I started at $550 a month for two sessions. And There is, like, I was no more qualified than the next human to be a coach. In fact, I I never did coaching training outside of health coaching, just kind of, you know, at least there's some coaching training in there. And, of course, I mentored and led teams for almost 30 years in my corporate career. So, yeah, there's a big body of work behind me. But essentially, my mind told me that I was valuable enough to charge at a certain level for no reason outside of that was my belief. And it's like, that, that's, that's it really. Like that is the point. If you are convinced in your worth and your value, then you go forth and you make that happen. Yeah. hundred percent. Like perfectly said. And something that you said there that I think is really interesting as well. You said, I still have my wobbles. Now it's so funny, isn't it? That we look at other people and we think, they never have doubts. You know, I went to a retreat earlier this year with um, Denise Duffield Thomas, who's one of the amazing money mentors that I've worked with. And she still has doubts all the time. She has to constantly do the mindset work. And it's so funny that we think that when you reach a certain stage in business, that these, these doubts go away. Or once you've reached a point with, with your mindset work, and, you know, especially as a coach, we, we show up with so much confidence for our clients. But of it's totally normal for us to still have our have our moments ourselves, and um, you know again that's why in turn I always believe in in working with a coach that you've got someone to support you when when you have your own wobbles. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know there are days when I'm in a funk myself. But you're right; it's like I ca- I can't afford to be in that place with my clients, and so 
my feelings and emotions are put to the side and my coach hat is on and off we go. And then I get off the coaching call and fall back into a heap. (laughs) That's for real listeners that are my clients. (laughs) That happens on occasion too. Awesome. Uh, So the next thing I wanted to chat to you about is how long have you been in business for yourself for? So I've been a coach for five years now. Awesome. So in that five years, I can only imagine there's been some pretty defining moments where either something incredible led to a pivot or a massive challenge came along that caused you to reevaluate. I'd love to hear about a couple of things that, you know, you look back now and you think, wow, that was a turning point uh, and share with us the lessons from that. Oh man, how long have you got? <laughs> I've got so many. And you guys might have seen that um, there's a meme and it's like the, the the journey of an entrepreneur and it's basically like up, down, up, down, up, down. That sums up my life, um, but it also doesn't sum up just mine. That sums up all entrepreneurs' life. Mm-hmm. Even those people that you see there on Instagram and their life looks perfect, I can assure you I've worked with, you know, well-known names, um, in, in the business world and everyone is up and down all the time. So first of all, let's just put that out there. Uh, to go into some of the, I guess, peaks and troughs of my <laughs> coaching journey today. So I remember that one of, um, we should do a little video at the end actually. Look, I remember one of the, the biggest highlights of my coaching career was my very first coaching client that I signed. And I remember that when somebody first said to me, you could be a business coach and it seemed like, imagine it just to me, I'd always dreamt of running my own business, of being the boss, how amazing it would be. And to this day, I won't forget the moment when my very first client said, yes, I'll work with you. She was paying me a thousand dollars a month. My very first client. Amazing. And, yeah. Incredible, huh? And, uh, you know, I was working with a coach at the time and I just remember that feeling and it was just like, holy crap, this thing's real. Someone wants to work with me and they're happy to pay me, um, you know, pay me a good price for it. And yeah, it's, it's one of the most defining moments you know, five years on, I still remember it so clearly. It was just the most, I just cried. I just jumped around. I'm getting emotional now, even talking about it. So, um, you know, that was probably the first, I guess, highlight of my coaching business. I'm still teary here. That's so gorgeous. (laughs) I'm a bit of an, I'm quite an emotional person. So there you go. Um, another, you know, and I guess for a while, my business, I, I built my, my, initial coaching business up pretty easily, which I know doesn't happen for a lot of people. And, you know, I was very blessed that my coaching business grew to about the the five, $6,000 a month mark pretty quickly and, yeah. and relatively easily in, in hindsight, now that I think about it, but I plateaued for quite a long time. Um, I did go and have um, another baby, which, you know, always takes away from, from the business a bit. <laughs> call that a plateau. It's called a baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I got to a point and then it just sat pretty stable for um, a period of time. Yeah. So, you know, and then, yeah. And then I had, had a baby, I had my second child and then it sort of all stopped and I had to start from scratch again. Yeah. And again, I built up my client base again in the one-on-one space and it was kind of only a couple of years in that I, I had this aha moment when I was watching everyone else 
all, you know, inverted commas, you know, not my competitors, but you know what I mean? Like other coaches, yeah. other coaches shooting ahead. And I thought, well, what's going on? Like, I know I'm a fantastic coach. I'm getting all these amazing results for my clients. What am I doing wrong here? And that's when I started to really examine with curiosity what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And the, the key differences that I was seeing is these guys were going and spending these insane amounts of money joining these masterminds, working with these really high-end coaches. Uh, they were all also creating digital products. Yeah. And so genius, I thought I'm going to create a digital product. And I created my first um online course and I sold 24 spots in it. Can you believe it? Um, Absolutely. The worst marketing strategy ever. I think I sent like a few emails, did a few, it was horrendous. And I was like, this is sweet. Isn't life fantastic? I'll launch it again. And next time I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars. So I launched my program again. This time I had all these testimonials. I had people who'd come in and said, I've grown my profit by 75%. I've doubled my sales. They'd done videos. They'd done testimonials. So we, I'm like, this course is going to be massive. So excited for my second launch. I actually had email sequences. I had social media posts. I was doing video interviews. I had some of the people came on my podcast. I was like, this is um, inc- like, imagine how many people are going to come in. Spoiler alert, it was a massive flop, massive flop. I'd, I'd even punched, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars in Facebook ads behind it. And I think I had a grand total of, I think my memories like blocked it out. It was so painful. Oh, I think it was, I think it was either four or five people. Oh, wow. Far, far less than, you know, I, I'd lost money on yeah. it by, by a long shot from all of the investment that I'd made. And, um, it was just heartbreaking. Like it was absolutely so crushingly heartbreaking. And yeah. And then I was like, I'm so, I, I, you know, as a coach too, like, this is what I do. I help people make money. And I was like, I felt like a fraud. I felt like a failure. Uh, if I can't even scale something that how the hell do I help other people to do it? And I just cried. I I went into this hole. Um, I just couldn't stop crying for at least a week. Like every time my husband would look at me, I'd be crying. And um, yeah, and it was just, it was terrible. And eventually, you know, I got myself out of the hole and uh, showed up, delivered the course. And, you know, it was amazing. Like people who were beautiful and the transformations were amazing. But the whole time I was feeling so resentful. Like I was like, I'm running this at a loss. And the accounting brain in me couldn't get past the fact that that was what was going on. So, yeah, (laughs) that was that was a real low. And I reflected on it. I I really, you know, took away, look, reflected on it all and worked out, well, what the hell's going on? Then since then I have had, oh my gosh, a roller coaster of peaks and troughs with launches. I have been, I've had some that have been incredible. I launched a mastermind uh, in June this year and it was received so well. Again, terrible marketing strategy behind it. Um, it I think it could be the right strategy. It seems, to, it seems to work for me. I mean, why would you plan anything ever again? This is a good point. 
this is a good point. There's definitely an energy, I guess, around, uh, and you know, I know this is something we're going to chat about later, but there's something really magnetic about the not giving a shit mm. um, energy. And <laughs> truthfully, I think it's been a big part of my success because whenever people come to me and I'm like, look, I, I'm, I'm literally smashed. And, um, you know, and I'm like, I don't even know how I'd fit in a mastermind. And then it filled. Yeah. So, you know, I had that amazing launch of my mastermind in June. My, I hit $50,000 in cash for the month of June, which was incredible. And yeah. And then I was like, this is my new energetic level. I make $50,000 a month. Next month, did I make $50,000? No, I did not. People. Yeah. And, you know, again, this has kind of just been a bit symbolic of, <laughs> of the journey. However, there's a few um, positive takeaways that I want to share with people along here. Um, and, and sorry, just one last big highlight. I, this month I launched uh, another mastermind. This time it had no component of one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was high risk because a big, overwhelmingly, the reason why people don't want to buy my programs is because they want to work with me one-on-one. Totally. And I can see you nodding your head. You're like, oh, yes. Oh. yes. <laughs> totally. So this time I removed one-on-one and I thought this is going to be a disaster. And again, I filled eight of the 10 positions at the time of recording this. So it's turned out to be an $80,000 launch for me, which has just been incredible. And um, yeah, but there's a couple of things that I guess I want to share with the listeners that have been learnings from my, my peaks and troughs along the way. Firstly, 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 everyone has failure. You you cannot be a success without failure. And the people that are successes without failure are lying because (laughs) you just haven't seen what's gone on behind the scenes. Even the most amazing level-headed people will share with you the challenges that they've experienced along the way. Even the most amazing, inspiring people always have, have struggles. So when you do go through tough times, don't think I'm a loser. Why is this happening? It doesn't happen to other people. It does happen to other people. So that's the first um, takeaway. Failure happens to everyone. Secondly, if you have that inane belief that it will all work out, it will work out. And every time that I've got to the point where I'm like, I'm so frigging over this. I've thrown my toys out of the cot. I did it actually a few months ago. I stopped my podcast. I stopped posting on Shelly's show. I'm like, I'm over it. I'm going to go and get a job in corporate because uh, life, was so, much be- <laughs> life <laughs> was so much better then. And then you know what? You get up, you dust yourself off and you bloody get back out there. Because when you have firstly a belief that, that you know, you're going to be successful, it will happen. And secondly, when you've got a drive, it's not about you. It's about the impact that you're here to make in the world. And it's about the people that you're going to serve. So get out of, you know, get out of your own way Mm -hmm. and also get over yourself. Um, You know, I, I'm happy to show up and talk about my failures along the way, because I don't want people to feel like crap if it happens to them, because it's just normal. And it will happen. And it will happen. It will happen. Um, you know, I've had clients of mine that have been like, you know, growing month on month on month and then they plateau yeah. and they're just like, oh my gosh, it's a disaster. And I'm like, big deal. Like that plateaus happen. Um, months where you go backwards happen. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I guess that just, if you, if you do hit one of those roadblocks, then hang with it and, and, you know, just try and, 
you know, let the bruised ego get out of the way and realize like you're doing this for a, a bigger purpose. And when you, when you come back to that, you'll realize that, yeah, you know, all the, the crappy things happen for a reason and it's all to help you up level. And I would, I would add to that. There is a, there is a degree of not even being able to appreciate success if you haven't experienced the low. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I pulled a card. The reason I looked at you a bit weird then, because I, I pulled this um, tarot card yesterday and it was like, there can't be light, lightness without darkness. It's true. And that's why I got, I, I got literally got goosebumps when you said that, because it's like, it's totally true. And you, you know, you can be like, oh, rubbish. Like I, one of the reasons I appreciate and adore my husband so much is because I dated so many dickheads along the way. Um, and I'm so grateful for that because, <laughs> because otherwise I think I'd probably have, you know, less tolerance. <laughs> some of the oh, things. Funny. Oh, I, I see that. I totally see that. Uh, the other thing I would say is, when you have those moments when things aren't going as well as you would have hoped, and I've just been through it myself, and I do talk about everything so honestly that everybody that listens or at least is in the Facebook group knows, uh, it also passes. Like you can be in the funk and be okay that you're in the funk because it's human nature to go there before kind of climbing your way back out again. Whereas if you're like, I just need to get better instantly. And why am I doing this to myself and really tough on your process of healing through that? Then it almost makes it worse. Yeah. You kind of got to accept that it's cool. It's, it's part of being an entrepreneur. And in those moments, it's time to reflect, regather, review what happened. That's one question I did have, have for you. Apart from the launches where you were less planned having a lot of success, is there anything, if you look back now, like let's talk about the, the launch where you thought you were going to do $100,000 and you had a really small take up. Is, is that wisdom wise, is that, did anything drop in to say to you, this is why? Yeah. Oh, heaps, heaps. In, in hindsight, it seems almost apparent why. So there's a couple of things. There's some pretty, um, yeah, and again, obviously people can break these trends, but you know, there's some pretty strong conversion rates around. If you've got a wait list, usually 1% of people on your wait list will buy. Yeah. I did not have that information at my disposal <laughs> at the time that I launched yeah. this course. So when I had 80 people on my wait list, I was like 80 people have, have literally come to me and said, I want this thing. Mm -hmm. So I was convinced that at least 50 of them, 60 of them would want it. Wow. I, wow. I thought, well, why, why would anyone, why else would anyone sign up to this thing if they weren't like to, to a wait list? Yeah, not like they showed yeah. up for a free workshop. Like they, they had literally said, I want this thing. They knew yeah. the thing. They wanted the thing. Um, yeah. So in hindsight, now that I know that, yeah. and you know, when clients of mine have these inverted commas failed launches, I'm like, if you've got a hundred people and one of them buys, it's a success. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one of the things that I guess I took away. Secondly, the reason why my, my first launch was so successful is because, you know, I'm a high ticket coach. I always have been, yeah. uh, I guess high tickets always relative, but you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> <I think that. laughs> uh, um, uh, so when I created something, this was the first time that probably most people on my list could, you know, be able to access working with mm. me. 
And that's probably why, you know, the first time in, I think it was three and a half, four years, everyone was like, you know, th- there was a big take up because there were a bunch of people yeah. who were like, this is amazing. I have the opportunity to, to work with Claire. Totally. So again, I, I shouldn't have let that indicate that this would be the demand for the mm-hmm. course going forward. Obviously everyone that was, that was interested probably lent into the first round. Yeah. The second thing that I've realized for me personally, and this is definitely, please don't take this to be relevant for all of you guys. But for me, when I go and spend a heap of money on something, I attach a lot of meaning to inverted commas, ROI. Yeah. And your expectations. And my expectations change. You know, I'm like, I need at least this much to break even on this launch. And so, you know, I, I mean, I did another launch this year that um, made, I think it was like seven or $8,000, mm-hmm. which, you know, it was about the same, but because I'd spent no money on Facebook ads, I relaunched my membership. I spent no money on Facebook ads. I was celebrating that launch like crazy even though it's not a huge launch, but I was just like, it was easy. It was fun. It was playful. There was nothing. I, I, in my mind, I wasn't losing anything, mm-hmm. but that's probably something that I would start to flip on the head is, is stop getting so caught up on an ROI or one particular launch yeah. and really start to go, okay, what am I doing for next round? Mm-hmm. Um, another big thing is really list, list, list. I know we hear it all the time. Uh, I, I mean, you know, my list, truthfully, my list size hasn't really grown very much. Yeah. And so I'm selling all the shit to the same people. Mm-hmm. And wondering why they may be going, starting to cap out. So I would really, really encourage you to continually be getting yourself out there, yeah. marketing yourself um, and attracting more people to your business because, you know, that's, they're your audience. And the more that you can be growing your audience, uh, the more that you can be reaching new people. 100%. And, it, and it's a very similar cycle, actually. And what I was going to say to you is I also had more success mid-year in my launches that I did, than I did later in the year. And the way that I looked back on it was it was because of having a warm audience of really engaged people that jumped. And then my list has actually, uh, it's shrunk this year because I grew it with a different business model. And I went through and, and took away two thirds of my email list. Just, they weren't opening. Like, I'm like, just not on my list anymore. And therefore, a, a bit like you, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to scale. Like, I can't scale with my existing audience right now. So it's all, not all about, but a big part of my strategy right now is growing my list, getting the numbers back up there. And I feel a long way to go, but we're doing it. Yeah, amazing. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Okay. All right. I work with a lot of business owners who are not at 100K yet, and they are like it's a big goal it's a big ambition to get to 100k and because I focus on marketing a lot I would love to get your perspective on the best way to market yourself and your business to your first 100k oh okay so I work with a service-based entrepreneur so um I work with usually it's sort of the creative industries and I work with a lot of like copywriters graphic designers digital marketing agencies and I work with most, like mostly, I work with entrepreneurs who are sort of at that six, multi six figure scaling to seven figure. They're already, they've kind of. They've already got there. However, some of my tips for people in the early stages of business, there is no one thing that is the right thing to do in marketing. 
<laughs> and people always come to me and they're like, you're on Instagram. Like, I do be on Instagram. And I'm like, no, you don't. Where's your audience? Like, that's the real question is it's like, work out who your audience are, work out where they are, work out where you like to be. And I do say this a little bit um, cautiously, I guess, because sometimes people go, I don't like to do video, so I'm not going to do video. And I'll be like, well, you know, sometimes we do have to challenge ourselves to do. Mm. If you get to the point of, if you know, if you've consistently been recording videos and showing up and you still frigging hate it, then great. But I think that most people just go, oh, this is not for me um, and and won't stick with it. Yeah. Uh, I was sharing with you off air that like my first podcast, I had to, I was so nervous. I had a panic attack. I just stopped recording it. It was so embarrassing. In <laughs> um, you know, when I launched my podcast, podcast, it went to number two on the podcast charts. And obviously podcasting <laughs> is one of my favorite platforms now. But, you know, that's an example of like me sticking with the discomfort of something that I hated and now it's become, you know, something that I love, love, love to do. So, yes, it is about finding, uh, you know, somewhere that you like to be. But also sometimes you're going to have to be a bit uncomfortable and at least try something for a period of time before you you give up. I remember when I first saw Instagram. I'm not an Instagram person. I mean, I'm sitting here in a robe surrounded by dressing gowns and I'm not the most fashionable Instagrammy kind of person. But again, I just stuck with the discomfort of it. And it's now become where I get nearly all of my clients. Most yeah. of my clients still come through Instagram. Yeah. So sometimes we've got to do things a bit different. Uh, but yeah, I would really like come back, do some work around your ideal client. Where are they? Where, what are they? Where are they hanging out? And another big thing that I say, don't just have like one thing. If you're one place, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if, if you've only got one place that you show up and then, I don't know, Instagram goes down you're up the creek with no paddle, right? Mm. So <laughs> make sure that you've got a, a diverse range of different ways that you, um, are, you know, find your ideal client and then also that you cultivate that relationship, build that no like, and trust factor. Yeah. And then you've got a really clear sales strategy of how you convert people as well. Yeah, beautiful. Love that. I, I always think, okay, it's different when you're heading for your first 5Ks a month versus 100K because in the very beginning, it can be overwhelming to go after multiple platforms. But when you're looking to scale and go to six figures and beyond, you have to have a connected digital ecosystem. Like You actually want to bring people into your world and for them to be able to go from there to the next part of your world and sort of stay in that web. hope that doesn't sound negative, but... Do you know what, though? Like, I truthfully, I found the start of my business so much easier Wow. Like I, I scaled to, you know, five to sort of seven K months, I guess, um, with no, I had no digital presence. I had this really shit website that I made myself, um, a logo through 99 designs. I had it, the business wasn't even called my name. I don't even think I had a photo of me on my website and I had no social presence and I built it all through networking, through face-to-face going to events. People be like, oh, she's a cool chick. Um, I don't know. I'll I'll work with her. Um, So yeah, you know, you don't have to, but to your point, like definitely when you're starting to scale, there reaches a point where it's like, you know, we need to kind of take that personal relationship and and take it to the next level. So at the start of business, again, depending on what industry you're in, but in coaching, it's really about trust and there's no better way to build 
no lack and trust and face-to-face um, connections. Showing up. <laughs> Beyond that, yeah, you definitely have to start building a digital presence in some form. Yeah, awesome. Okay, I've only got one more question for you and it's about magnetism in marketing. And rather than talk to you about how you create that, what I'd love to know is obviously as well as inspiring many, you also have your inspirational Let's use the word gurus, but that's a bit of a stretch. But, you know, the people that, like Marie Folio, like you said off air earlier, what is it about them that really magnetizes them into your feed and keeps you interested in what they've got to say? So I guess the thing is I love authenticity. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds really cliche, but it's true. And I guess the thing is, is that who I'm magnetized to is going to be different to who other people are magnetized to. And that's why we talk about this show up as yourself, show up as yourself. And you're like, what does that even mean? But it's true. You know, I've referred some of my mentors onto people now. I can't stand her. And I'm like, yeah. what do you mean? She's the most amazing freaking woman in the world and um vice versa I've had people recommended to me and then I go and I'm just like I'm just not vibing with them and that's why we talk about you know magnetism isn't about being magnetic to everyone you're never going to be magnetic to everyone I know there's lots of people that actually the definition of of a magnet is positive or negatively Yeah, and the worst thing that you can be is 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 not be putting out yeah, any in the middle any sort of connection, right? You want to. I actually kind of love that I repel some people. I'm not everyone's cup of tea, and that's yeah. cool. Can you imagine? I would I would hate for someone to be like half working with me. I I I'd rather have people that are either like raving fans and you know in your corner, or people that aren't. And and similarly, a lot of the mentors that I look to, like I said, you know, I I refer them to some of my clients sometimes, and I'm like what do you mean you didn't like, didn't like their style? So, but that's cool. They don't have to be for everyone. Um, My clients Mm -hmm. don't have to love their podcasts or their books or the way that they show up online. So long as I do, you know, and I think that's the thing, you know, when we talk about this being yourself and uh, you know, like I said before, I'm not a polished person. I'm not, very eloquent as you can hear here but (laughs) but at least when you you show up as you your people are gonna be called in and um yeah when I think about the people that I'm really drawn to that they they come in all shapes and sizes and genders and colors and they're not for everyone but they are for me and I think the best thing you can do is just share your message and your light with the world and and trust that the, the right clients are going to love it and the wrong clients going to turn around and head off the other way and say la vie yeah I love I absolutely love that and I, I couldn't agree more and the two things that I really picked up from you then were authenticity and energy yeah and and mm-hmm. neither of those are about the content yeah yeah. Really, it's it's the human showing up and being real and also having an energy that connects with you. The other thing too that I just want to say, you know, sometimes people say to me, oh, you're so energetic or how do I be more like that? And I'm like, well, don't be like that. Some, it pisses some people off that I'm yeah. like this. You know, I'm just me. 
uh, and I'm like, truthfully, there's a lot of people that are going to love your calm, beautiful, consistent energy a lot more than they're going to love mm-hmm. mine. And that's why. And can you imagine if you had this experience where you saw someone online and they were like bouncing off the walls and then you met them and you're like, oh, you're not like that at all. So, so why would you want to pretend to be someone that you're not? It's also very exhausting to hold that kind of personality up for a long time very exhausting so you don't need to be like anyone else you just need to be you and when you're you the right people will come your way and don't think that whatever that looks like isn't enough because it is and I you know like I said I tend to attract a lot of polar opposite energies to me uh but equally like I know that I tend to lean into the energy of you know of beautiful calming sort of souls as well so you know sometimes it's like actually being that version of of you is what's going to draw people to you yeah I love that awesome that's just a perfect way to finish up Uh, I really really appreciate you coming on for this conversation so much good stuff in there for the listeners to learn from and move forward with so yeah thank you Uh, I will leave leave all of your contact details in the show notes anything final goodbyes you want to say go right ahead no I've really really loved chatting to you today you've had such interesting questions you're really challenging today so really enjoyed this and you know if you did want to hear more from me I do have a podcast which I creatively called the Claire Wood podcast all about money so make sure you come and check it out if you want to hear more yeah and uh, my perspective is it's an awesome podcast i listen to it every week thank you thank you thanks for having me thanks for joining me for this episode of the lit up and liberated entrepreneur podcast i trust you enjoyed it and hope that you get busy sharing it around on instagram would be fab with your friends leave me some stars i would love five go on go on do it a review. Well, that would be even better. For more from me, head to the show notes now and make sure you do join the Lit Up and Liberated Entrepreneur Facebook group where we continue the conversation. Bye for now.